But how many know God is good? Amen. Grab your Bibles. We're going to the Gospel of Luke, the ninth chapter. I'll read in your hearing verses 12 through 17 out of the NIV this morning. Amen. Ask if you can, amen, to please stand as we reference the Word of God this morning. Glory to God. Thank God for an awesome time on yesterday as Sister Estelle and Dance Ministry, amen, put on an awesome workshop. Amen. We thank God for them. Amen. It was a blessing. Can we get that? That's, that's, worth, that's worthy of a hand praise. Amen. We thank God for them and what they, what took place on yesterday. Awesome, awesome time, awesome deposit into the lives of people. You know, and that's one of the things that God has really encouraged us to do, that when he blesses us with a gift, we're not to hold it, but to share it with others, that it may be multiplied, amen, in the kingdom of God, amen. The word of God reads in Luke 9, starting at the 12th verse, late in the afternoon, the 12 came to him and said, send the crowd away so that they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging because we are in a remote place here. He replied, you give them something to eat. And they answered, we have only five loaves of bread and two fish. Unless we go and buy food for all this crowd. About 5,000 men were there. But he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. The disciples did so, and everyone sat down, taking the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke it, broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. And 17 says they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 baskets of broken pieces that were left over. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for what you've done in this place already. Thank you for making the atmosphere conducive for your word, God, to go forth on today. Thank you for preparing the hearts of your people to receive your word. So, Lord, we get out of the way that you may get in the way. That you may think through my mind, speak through my mouth. A revelant word that will truly help your people help us lord to be everything that you called us to be so we thank you for what you're going to share with us on today thank you for the food that you have prepared for us pray that we may digest it and it may yield for fruit in our lives for this is our prayer in jesus name amen amen you may be seated in the presence of the lord this morning this is the last installment today in our series entitled the blessed life the blessed life. On Wednesday night, we talked from the subject, God rewards good stewardship. He rewards good stewardship. The more how we are with stewardship, and this may be in multiple areas of our lives, that when we do well with it, understand God rewards us. So this morning, I, I want to talk to you as we end this series, I want to talk to you from the subject, the principles 
of multiplication. The principles of multiplication. My wife and I are both uh, numbers people. A lot of people know that about us. Uh, we're numbers people. Probably, she's probably more of a numbers person than I am because she uh, has a degree in uh, accounting. So she sleeps and eats and <laughs> meditates on numbers. <laughs> Some people have said that we are uh, frugal individuals. Yeah, that's not what it's, okay, I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> Uh, but I want to suggest to you that maybe it's because they don't understand the difference between being frugal and good stewardship. Because I believe that God has called us to be good stewards. That whatever he's given us, whatever he's placed in our possession, whatever he's deposited into our lives, there is an expectation from him. There's an expectation that we manage what he's given us properly. Because it's going to determine what else he releases into our lives. Many of us in here are parents and have children. And we want our children to manage what we give them properly. Whether it be money, whether it be uh, a bicycle or a gift. Whatever it is that we've given them time. Whatever we've given them, understand there's an expectation from us as parents that we want to make sure that our children use it properly because we understand that by them using it properly, it's going to bless their life. Yeah, it's going to bless their life. Many of us as parents can probably look back over our lifespan and realize that there were some things in our lives that we failed to manage properly. And anytime you fail to manage something properly, understand there are some consequences and circumstances that come along with that. Many of us maybe in here today are experiencing some things in our lives because we did not manage some things properly. And every day that we live, understand God has given us an opportunity or he's giving us an opportunity to move from the past to the present, to the future, and taking those experiences of the past where we failed to use whatever it was properly to learn from that and now use it in a way that is going to bless our lives. So when it comes to multiplication and addition and subtraction and division, understand they're all mathematical terms. But which of those terms sound better? <laughs> uh, I hear some saying multiplication. Nobody really wants subtraction. <laughs> Nothing being taken from them. Uh, addition sounds okay. Uh, but it's a slower process. Well, when we come to multiplication, understand there is an exceeding difference between addition and multiplication. Because hmm. three plus three is six. But three times three is nine. So that means that the, the multiplication is more. So how many of us would want 
our lives to resemble multiplication instead of addition. All right, all right. I want to make sure I'm in the right place this morning. Well, we serve a God of multiplication. We serve a God that is able to take little and multiply it into much. We serve a God that is able to do far more exceedingly than we can do with anything that we have. And we're going to see this in our text this morning. Because in our text we find that it is late in the afternoon and these 12 disciples came to Jesus. And they are observing something. They are observing the crowd that has surrounded Jesus and they are outside of the bounds of uh, normalcy. The text says that they're in a desert place. One translation there says that they're in the countryside. So they're ways out. And Jesus is preaching. He's declaring the truth of God's word, and they are excited. Matter of fact, they have been there for quite a while because it says late in the afternoon. So they've been there for a while, and Jesus' disciples come to him, and they say, well, you know, maybe it's time to send them away, send them into the, the town and the village so that they can get something to eat, so that they can find lodging. Uh, and Jesus turns to them and tells them, you feed them. You feed them. So let's pause right here and think about this for a moment. How would, how do you think you would respond if you were one of the disciples? If you came to Jesus and you told him the condition and, you know, you told him uh, he's preaching good and uh, you tell him, you know, to send them away and Jesus responds by saying, you feed them. I mean, how many of us would, uh, I, I mean, there, I, I, I would probably have some difficulty with that. Am I the only one? Oh, okay. I just want to make sure I'm in the right place. Uh, because I understand that this wasn't just a, a one-hour message that Jesus was preaching. Again, the text tells us that it was late in the afternoon. Uh, so this means that it was probably somewhere between three and five. So many of you can attest that, that probably around 1230-ish, <laughs> Or one on Sunday that you're, you're probably hungry. Yeah, somebody says I'm hungry right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know the text says that the disciples wanted Jesus to send the people away so that they could get some food. But can I just suggest to you this morning that maybe the disciples were hungry? Yeah, that maybe they were really thinking about themselves instead of the people. That you know Jesus is, is late in the afternoon and you know you've been preaching a while. Yeah, y'all. <laughs> so imagine instead of Jesus sending the people away, he tells them to feed the people. Now, understand that there's no KFC, there's no Hardee's, no McDonald's, no grandsons, no all-you-can-eat buffet in the vicinity. And he says uh, that to feed them. So they are in a remote place, actually, Bethesda. And all that you have is five loaves of bread and two salt and pepper bottle catfish. I had to put that in there because that's the kind of catfish that I, that's the kind of fish I like. But okay. So how many of you, again, would have a problem with this? Because it doesn't make sense that Jesus would ask them to do this. Well, that's just like it doesn't make sense 
for God to ask us to give either our tithes or our offering. I mean, doesn't he know my situation? Doesn't he know my uh, uh, difficulty? Doesn't he know, you know, my financial restraints? Doesn't he know what my desires are and what I plan? Doesn't he know these things? Why is he asking me to do this? Well, do you think Jesus knew that there were only five loaves of fish, uh, five loaves of bread and two fish the whole time? I mean, Jesus tells them to sit down to gather the people, to, to sit them down in groups of 50. Imagine about 20,000 people because during that time they only counted the men. The men represented the entire family. So they would count the men. So there were 5,000 men, not, not including wives and children. So here was about 20,000 individuals that Jesus tells them to gather them, sit them down uh, in groups of 50, somewhere around about 400 groups. And let's feed them with five loaves and two fishes. How is Jesus going to feed them? Isn't that the same mindset that we often have when it seems like we don't have enough? How is Jesus going to do this? How are you going to meet the need that I have? How are you going to, to, to provide for me when I can't see how I'm going to provide for myself? But oftentimes what we come to the conclusion is that Jesus is going to do it this way or that way. But the truth of the matter is many times he never does it like we think he's going to do it. Yeah. The text says that he takes the five loaves and two fishes. Looking up to heaven, he gives thanks and he broke it. The King James says, then he took the five loaves and the two fishes and looking up to heaven, he blessed them and break and gave to the disciples the set, to set before the multitude. Here's the first principle I want to leave with you. It's sometimes or some things must be blessed before they can be multiplied. Hmm. Some things must be blessed before they can be multiplied. In other words, what you, what you have must be given to God first before the multiplication can take place. In other words, it has to be in God's hand first before he can bring an increase to what you have. Uh, we're going to work with this. So God cannot bless what he doesn't have in his hand. I like what the Apostle Paul said in Romans 11 and 16. He says, if the part of the dough offered as first fruits is holy, then the whole branch is holy. Batch is holy. If the root is holy, so are the branches. See, even when you give to God first, understand he puts a blessing on it. And then, and only then, does he have the ability to multiply it. It is not until it gets in his hand can he multiply what you have. Yeah, we're going to see this in the text. <laughs> I mean, only Jesus has that ability to truly multiply. Here, here's something key is that it's not what you have, but the blessing on what you have. <laughs> uh, can I tell you that it's not what you have in your pocket. It's not what you have in the bank. If there is no blessing on it, understand it doesn't matter. But when God's blessing is on it, 
Uh, yeah. It has a way of multiplying. It has a way to meet your need and some. Yeah, I, I don't know about you, but I need God to meet my need and some. Uh, yeah, I got a couple of people in here that can witness to that. Uh, I, 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 I mean, I, I need him to bless me, but I need him also to bless my cup so that it would overflow. Uh, so throughout this series, understand, we've heard that and hopefully learned that the way our finances are blessed is by you, by us giving God the tithe. Yeah, the tithe, the 10%. Yeah, and he turns around and blesses the 90, increases that more so that we don't even miss the 10% that we've given. Uh, yeah, I wish I had some witnesses in here. Yeah, you've learned that when you give God his, understand, he can stretch the 90. He'll stretch the 90 so much so that you'll look around and not even miss the 10 that you've given him. Because God has a way of increasing the 90 to make it meet your need and overflow into areas of your life that you didn't even expect he would do it in. Yeah, look what Solomon said in Proverbs 3 and 9 and 10. He says, honor the Lord with, the, with thy substance and with the first fruits of thy increase. So shall thy bonds be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. He says that when you give it to God, the first fruit, understand, God will bring about an increase. Your bonds won't lack. Matter of fact, he says that they'll be filled with plenty and your presses, in other words, your bank account, uh, understand, your needs, everything that you're needing from God, everything, every situation that you need him to meet, understand, he'll show up and he'll meet it in such a way that it will overflow in your life. Hmm. So what if disciples, think about this, had just started giving out the five loaves and two fishes themselves without first giving it to Jesus? How long do you think that would have lasted? Not long, not long. I mean, there were 400, approximately 400 groups of 50 that were uh, set out in the crowd and here is five loaves and, and, and two fish probably before they got out of that first batch of 50. Understand, it would have been all gone. But the text says that they gave it to Jesus. See, because something supernatural happens when God puts his blessing on it. And this doesn't have to necessarily talk about money, but can I tell you that it suggests that when God uh, has his hands on it, supernatural things can happen to your marriage. It can happen to your health. It can happen to your children. It can happen to your job. It can happen to your business. It can happen to your talent. It can happen to your time. Whatever it is, understand, when you give it to God first, there's something supernatural. <laughs> yeah, supernatural. Yeah, God put some super on your natural. <laughs> uh, yeah, see, I, I don't know about you, but that's the kind of life that I want to live where God put some super on my natural. Because if I just depend on the natural, the natural is going to run out. The natural is going to give out. But when God puts his super on the natural, I'm here to tell you that it will extend beyond our expectation. Uh, yeah, the text goes on to say... Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. And it says they all ate and were satisfied. Can I, can I tell you something else significant? Uh, it's not what you have, but what you do with what you have. Because people can have a lot, but if they never do the right thing with it, understand eventually 
uh, it's not going to do him any good. We all know people. We all have seen athletes. We all have seen people that are wealthy, that, that have, have money and misuse money. We've all seen or heard about the person that hit the lottery. And, and, and statistics say that even though they hit the lottery, years afterwards, uh, they are in bankruptcy because they never knew how to manage what they had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's significant what we have. And what we do with it. The second principle is this, is that only what is given away can multiply. I mean, we see this in the text. I mean, see, Jesus blessed the five loaves and two fish. But if the disciples had eaten it themselves, if he'd have blessed it, and if they had taken it and eaten and forgot about the 5,000 plus, understand, uh, it would have done them no good. There wouldn't have been no multiplication. Yeah, it was when they started distributing or giving it away that it began to multiply. The text tells us that Jesus blessed it and he gave it to his disciples. Uh, understand, it, it wasn't that he blessed it and it increased, but he blessed it and gave those five loaves and two fish to the disciples. And as they went... <laughs> Yeah, kind of remind me of uh, the lepers. Uh, yeah, the lepers that wanted to be cleansed. Uh, Jesus tells them to go to the priest. And as they went, understand, the miracle took place. I'm here to tell somebody that as we do with what we have, God will bring an increase beyond our expectation. Many a times, we're waiting on God to increase it. But God says when we give the tip, he'll bless the tip. Glory to God. And then what we do with the rest will bring the increase into our lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because only the tenth, understand, the tenth rebukes the devourer. Yeah, it's what you do with the remainder uh, that brings the increase into our lives. Remember what Jesus said in Luke 6 and 38, my time. He says, give and it shall be given to you, unto you, good measures, pressed down, sh shaken together, and running over shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure, note, that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you. I, I like what the, uh, what the common English uh, trans Bible says. It says, give and it will be given you, given to you, a good portion, packed down, firmly shaken, uh, and overflowing will fall into your lap. Uh, 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 I wish somebody had a cult that it says uh, uh, a good portion. Uh, yeah, uh, a good portion. Yeah, yeah, not just a normal portion, but a good portion. Uh, a good portion that will bring satisfaction. I don't know, when you eat, uh, when I eat, I want a good portion. Uh, yeah, yeah, don't bring me a, a one chicken leg. Don't bring me one scoop of uh, uh, collard greens. Don't bring me, glory to God, one scoop of potato salad. Don't bring me one little slice of cake. No, I want a good portion. Uh, that might be a uh, that might be a breast and, and a leg. Matter of fact, it might be a breast, leg, and a wing. Uh, yeah, it might be two scoops of collard greens. It might be two scoops of potato salad. It might be a hump of cake. Uh, I need a good portion, glory to God, because I. I want to feel this thing. I'm here to tell you that's what God is saying that when we do what we should do with what he gives us 
glory to God, he'll give us a good portion. I wish I had two or three people that want a good portion. I'll touch your neighbor and say, I want a good portion. Yeah, I want a good portion. I want a good portion. I want a good portion. Yeah, I want it packed down. I want it firmly shaken. And I want it running over. And I want it to fall right in my lap. Not in your lap. Not in my neighbor's lap. Not across the street, glory to God. Not over there in another city, glory to God. I needed to drop right in my lap. I wish I had two or three people that would just get ready for God to drop some stuff right in your lap. Oh, yeah, right in your lap. Oh, you ought to grab it. 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 Oh, yeah, you ought to grab it. Grab it. Grab it. Oh, yeah. Y'all trying to push me. I ain't ready yet. I ain't ready yet. Uh, but look what the Apostle Paul, my time, look at what the Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 9 and 6. He says, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall also reach bountifully. See, when you do the right thing, that's what I'm trying to tell her. Tell her. That's what I'm trying. That's what God is trying to tell me, and I'm trying to tell everybody else. Glory to God! That when you do the right thing with what God has given you, understand, you will see Him multiplying it. And see, the truth of the matter is, is that many Christians don't get to enjoy that. It's available, but they don't get to enjoy it. What sense do it make? <laughs> if I give you the keys to a nice vehicle. And you never go out and put the key in and crank it and drive it. What good is it? No good. So the same way with God. He's opened up yeah, some things for us in our life. Glory to God. And God says that when we do the right thing with it, understand he'll bless our life. Huh. And that's the goal of the enemy to get us to not follow the plan that God has for our life. God knows our end from our beginning. He knows the course. He knows the plans and purposes. He knows what we need to, what we need to do. We, we, he, he, he knows what we need so that we can do what he's planned for us to do in our lives. And many Christians never enjoy that. I was reading an article in my time. I was reading an article. Is this good to anybody? Yeah. Oh, all right. I was reading an article the other day uh, by Steve Bird, and it talks about uh, it's an article about LL Cool J. Uh, everybody, anybody know? Everybody know who he is? I know young people are probably saying, "Who is that?" Yeah, but I, I, if you if you if you got a little age on it, you you know you know. I'm bad. Oh, yeah, well, okay. I ain't going to try to sing. No. But, but it talks about tithing. Or he talks about tithing and his career longevity. The article uh, is quoted as saying, LL Cool J is quoted as saying, every dime I get, no matter what it is, I give 10% to the church. He's quoted as saying this. Every dime I get, he says, I give a tenth to the church. And he accredits his success and longevity because he's still going. 
If you watch NCIS, yeah, all right, all right. Then you know he's still working and he's still getting paid. Uh, and he's probably still getting paid off some of the royalties of his music. And, but it's because he understands the principle that many times the world understands before the church understands. And see, one thing about these principles is that they don't, just don't work for the Christian. You know, the Bible said that he reigned on the just as well as the unjust. Bible said that he has no respect of a person. If you follow the principle, then God has the honor, the principle. And so many people in the world are honoring the principle. They may not be honoring him, but they're honoring the principle. And because they're honoring the principle, understand God has because he cannot go against his word. He cannot. So if the world could catch this what's wrong with the church if the world can catch this and know that their blessing is tied up to the tenth and to offering and giving to the kingdom of God so that the kingdom of God can be advanced if the world understands this and we have a personal relationship with God if we know him personally under, I, I, I mean, if we know him personally, if we talk to him, commune with him, if we know his principles and if we read his word and if we are filled with his precious Holy Ghost, if, if, if we have a greater connection with him than the world does, then why aren't we following his principles so that we could reap the benefit of the principle that he established? <laughs> see the time see the thing oh my time uh, my time so 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 it must be so we said it must be blessed before it can be multiplied and only what we give away can multiply so one refers to the tithe and 10% that God blesses the rest two refers to what we give away over and beyond, which is our offering or extra offering or a pledge. Uh, so both of these things are crucial when it comes to the blessing of our resources. I mean, we can go all the way back to Malachi 3 and we can see this. Because Malachi 3 speaks of more than tithing. Malachi 3 and 8 says, will a man rob God? It's amazing that we're, we're scared of this text. <laughs> oh. We, we squint, we, you know, we draw in our toes and we say, ouch. But, I, I mean, it, it's something about God's word that liberates us and brings us into a divine will and orchestration with this plan for our lives. He says, will a man rob God? He says, you have robbed me, uh, but you say, where have we robbed thee? And he says, in tithes. Oh, oh, he's, that's a conjunction. He says, and, and, and offerings. So it's the tithes and the offering that bring the blessing. It's the tithes and offering that rebuke the devourer. So God is trying to, to get us to understand that uh, he can cause our resources to go further than we could ever cause them to go if only we would give him first 
so that our finances are blessed and so that we give him tithes because the only way that he's going to bless us if we find ourselves working in the parameters of his word. And I like 17 and I'm about to close. It says they all, some, a few. It says they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 baskets of broken pieces that were left over. Oh, uh, can I just drop one more thing on you? Is that when God multiplies it, you'll always have something left over. When, when, when God steps in and begins to uh, multiply what you have, uh, the, the old folks, you, you know, you can't, you can't be God's gift. <laughs> no matter how hard you try. <laughs> I mean, about time you think you caught up with God, <laughs> it's about time that he'll, he'll show you that I, 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 I can do more than you think. <laughs> I mean, so I believe in 2020 that God doesn't want to add to you but can I tell you that I believe in 2020 God want to multiply some things in your life Woo! glory to God I want to spend 2020 not looking for addition but I want to spend 2020 looking for multiplication oh, y'all ain't gonna help me in here I mean whether it be more love that he want to give me whether it be more peace that he want to give me whether it be more joy that he want to give me whether it be more money that he want to give me whether it's more souls for the church glory to God I want him glory to God to do what he does best because the last time I checked he's a master at multiplication he's a master at taking glory to God small things and increasing them the big things the last time I checked he's able to take five loaves and two fishes and feed a multitude the last time I checked glory to God he's able to take all and meal and feed a widow at Zerapath. The last time I checked, glory to God, he's able to multiply shrift, glory to God, over our unnumbered Israelite uh, soldiers that came against the enemy. He could take 300, glory to God, and whoop 3,000. I wish I had a witness in here that you ought to be glad that you serve a God of multiplication because in 2020, glory to God, you ought to get ready touch your neighbor and say get ready yeah you ought to get ready for what's about to drop in your lap you ought to get ready for what's about to drop in your lap i know you might be sitting like this oh, glory to god oh, but when you get home you ought to just spread yourself glory to god because i want him to drop not just a little bit but i want him to drop a good measure into my life anybody want a good measure glory to god god can do it and he will do it yeah somebody ought to praise him right there that's worth a praise for what god is getting ready to do in your life if you believe it you ought to give him an advanced praise glory to god for what he's about to drop in your life I know it might look bad now. Glory to God, I know the marriage. I, 
I know the job might look bad. I know, glory to God, your health might look bad. But I'm here to tell you, God said, yeah, that he's getting ready to multiply some things in your life. So whatever you need, glory to God, you might as well get ready for it. Touch somebody say, get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. I dare you to praise him. Come on and praise him in advance. Glory to God for multiplying some things in your life. When praises go up, blessings come down. Glory to God. It's right at your door. That blessing is right at your door. Glory to God. Some somebody's gonna get it before they get home. Oh yeah. Somebody's gonna get it tomorrow. Somebody's gonna get it next week. Somebody's gonna get it next month. But I came to tell you, it's gonna be in 2020 that God released that in your life and over your life. out of time. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Come on and put those hands together for your God. The blessed life. Can I tell you that's the only life that God wants you to live. I wish above all things that thou would prosper and be in health even as thy soul prosper. That's the type of life that God wants for every one of his children. The blessed life. Come on and put your hands together in this house. If you want it, I'm here to tell you it's yours. He's laid out. He's laid out a path. For all of our lives. And I'm here to tell you that a lot of times we're reflecting on the, on the past, reflecting on the challenges and struggles that we might have had in our past, the things that may have gotten us in the position that we are in on today. But I'm here to tell you 2020, I mean, when you think about 2020, you think about vision. The vision ain't about the past, but it's about the future. So whatever happened in the past happened. A lot of times we can learn from the past and move forward. So if we fail to be good stewards in our past with whatever it is in our life. I told you when we began this message that it supersedes resources and finances. It's about every area of our life that we got to be good stewards of it. That there's an expectation that every morning that you get up, every time that he allows you another breath, that you got to manage it properly because we don't know when our last breath will, will be. We got to manage it properly. Got to manage our time, manage our family, manage our marriages. 
our relationships, our jobs, our gifts, our talents, our resources, every aspect of our lives. I told you Wednesday night, there's going to come a time where, where God is coming back to get account for those things. He came back to those 10 servants and he wanted to know what you did with what I gave you. He said, I gave all of you the same. I gave you one. And he gave it to them because he knew what he put in them. God never gives us anything that he's not already put in us the ability to work that thing out. If he's called us to do something, he's already put a seed in us. When he told Adam to and Eve to multiply, replenish the earth, he had already put a seed in them He'd already made a way for them to do what he said. And God has made a way for us to do everything that he's spoken over our life. All he's just waiting on is us to do our part. God didn't have to scrounge around trying to fix stuff. He didn't have to scrounge around trying to, uh, you know, fix this thing in your life, bless you with that job and you know, he's not scratching his head about your health. Because everywhere we read in scripture, he says, you know, it's past tense. That he's already done these things for us. I've given you everything for life and godliness. He says, I've given it to you. Not that I'm going to give it to you. I've already given it to you. It's yours. Use what I've given you. Activate what I've given you. Tap into what I've given you. He says it's there. Everything you need, you have. Everything we need as a church, God has given it to us. And a lot of times, all he wants is just faith. He said, that's just, I said, I'm looking. I'm looking the world over. I'm looking for faith. When I come back, I'm, I'm, I'm looking. Will I find? Will I find faith? Will I find somebody that's willing to use what I've given them, which is faith. I've given every man a measure of faith. A measure. Yeah. A measure. Uh, uh, small as a, a mustard seed. He said, I didn't have to give you a a whole lot. Just use that mustard seed because it's not the must. It's not the faith in the mustard seed, but it's faith in me, the giver of the mustard seed. So when you trust me, I can do anything. It's everything you need. <laughs>